on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. See things through. When you get started, see it all the way through. Don't give up early. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. I've got a special edition coming to you today, coming from the DFW airport. I'm always in my studio, but today I had to squeeze in this wonderful interview with my buddy, now King, Matt Magnuson. Welcome to the stage. How are you, dude? I'm doing awesome, Chaz. Big fan of what you're doing here, so I'm very excited to have this conversation with you today. Yeah, man. It's a little interesting. Normally I'm standing. I love standing. I'm a tall guy. I got a deep voice. I got to really project, but now I'm in an airport. I'm trying to be quiet. I think I'm the only one around, but it just feels a little different, but I'm glad I'm here with you. Hey, I'm glad that you made time wherever you're at to get the podcast done, get get the things to do list checked off, no matter what the circumstances. Unfortunately, I've tried to be a guest on a couple of shows, even recently, and they cancel morning of. And I just do not understand that. In fact, I'm probably, as soon as this podcast is done, I'm probably going to make a some sort of a educational post about just doing the things that you're supposed to do that you say you're going to do, like freaking showing up on time, not canceling meetings and stuff like that. But dude, I'm so glad that you're here. Matt, tell us what kind of business that you have. So I own iCryo, which is a health and wellness center in Wichita. We specialize in pain management, sports and fitness performance, as well as general health and wellness. And then we have a few services that are more on the beauty aesthetic side. Our whole body cryotherapy product is that flagship product that that we have within our center. But we have seven other services, including IV infusions. We have a team of licensed RNs that give different uh, nutraceutical IVs. We have infrared saunas, compression therapy, just a whole lot of things that are alternatives to help people live healthier lives and just really overall elevate their lifestyles. I just, I love how it's all connected to health. And obviously the IV stuff is still pretty new cryotherapy. We were just talking about this before we jumped on here. I barely knew what it was simply just because I had a previous client that was in the industry. And here we are, you're in the wellness space. You're helping people with pain management. I want you to go another layer just real quick here for the people who maybe don't know what cryotherapy is, or when they hear wellness center, they're thinking, what does that really mean? What is an IV infusion? What is, what are these things? Give it just a take a take away for 60 seconds. Let us know what you're doing practically in the marketplace. You're in Wichita, Kansas. Somebody's listening today, maybe in Wichita, and they need to come check you out. Why? What's their need? What do you have? So everything that we have is natural solutions to just elevate the lifestyles of our guests. So pain management is obviously a big component of that. So that's where cryotherapy sure. comes in. It's an amazing alternative to using pain pills. I personally used it to recover from a car accident several years ago that left me wow. very injured. And so I, I believe in that product, but there are all these other services that we offer that do a, wow. amazing things with IVs. We can do things like boost immunity, help anti-aging. We can even cure hangovers. No, no 
matter what somebody's lifestyle is, we've got a natural solution that can help them feel better and live a better life. Yeah. I, I like you said, on maybe on what side of the spectrum that they're on, if they're really intentional about putting the good stuff in their body, or they're just trying to recover from some not good decision, you've got them covered either way. Sounds like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would say that we're more focused on helping healthy people get healthy or help people yeah, who are wanting stay. healthy. But uh, yeah. if somebody has a rough Friday night and has, a, <laughs> has big plans on Saturday, we can help them get there. That's funny. I, I'm glad that places like you exist because even my wife and I were huge on taking natural approaches to uh, really life, trying to do things the how it was designed to be. And so I just uh, love, I love guys that are like you willing to step out, take a little risk and, and supply the needs for those of us that uh, like to think a little differently. So we appreciate that. Before we jump into your story, because obviously I want to hear about the car accident, how you got started in business, all that fun stuff. At this level in the game, you've obviously reached a, a certain level, right? You've got, a, you've got a certain number of revenue. You've got a team. You've got a business. You've got a structure. Like there's a physical location and you're running a business and very successfully. Why are you still doing it? For a lot of listeners today, they're hearing you go, he's made it. Why, why are you still pushing at this level? I humbly disagree with those people because I don't think that I've made it. But to me, it's not necessarily about making it. It's about where I see some problems in the world today. We have a, an obesity crisis in this country, right. and that's well documented. We've got an opioid crisis in this country. And uh, with, the, with what I am doing with iCryo really helps individuals have that alternative to, uh, to taking pain pills. So they're not getting addicted to pain pills. That's ultimately why I got in the business. I was looking for something other than a pain pill and never heard of cryotherapy. When I first heard of it, the idea of jumping half naked in a box that's cooled to negative 170 sounded like the dumbest thing I've ever heard of until I tried it. And then I'm like, this is magic. This is amazing stuff. We have a lot of different things like that can really help folks avoid using that medication. But then on top of that, why do people not live healthy lifestyles? A lot of times it's because they have that old football injury or that, that old, they've got back pain, they've got hip pain those different types of things that, you know, that have them sitting on the couch every night, uh, watching Netflix, uh, ordering pizza. If I can help individuals start making healthy lifestyle decisions and turn things around, I'm giving back to the community that I live in. And in the state of Kansas, when the rankings come out every year of the most obese states, Kansas is always one of the the top ones on the list. And that that really bothers me. So I really want to help and enrich the lives of folks within the community one person at a time. Yeah, I love that. So you're, there's different buckets of people that I've found that are motivated at a greater level for different reasons, right? The different buckets are representative of different motivations, maybe, or different whys. Yours, obviously, you're speaking to an industry disruption, changing the world, like this really big thing that you're talking about, obesity and really helping people's bigger picture lives, like generational blessing coming through health is a kind of a big deal. But guys like you just take that stuff on and eat it for lunch. And I'm excited for that what got you there, right? Or were you always like that? Were you always wanting to change huge masses of population with the problem or has that developed over time? It's something that's developed over time. People are surprised today when they hear about the fact that 11 years ago, I was about a hundred pounds heavier. 
and daily nicotine user, probably drank at least three cases of beer a week and couldn't even run to the mailbox. Now I can run, I've ran 50 mile races, 100K races. Wow. I'm training for a 24 hour race, right? So there was a process that got me there. And that, that process was through changing changing some life decisions and getting healthy. So that, that happened 10, 11 years ago is when I started that process. It was a, a learning experience that it took me a while to get to that point. But in, yeah. in the middle of that, I got in a car wreck when I was uh, one night, stayed late at work, driving home. I'm at a red light and I'm at, uh, I'm at an intersection behind an F-150 and I just get slammed behind from behind Jeez. by a drunk driver. And those two collisions, he rear ends me, I rear end the F-150, and I had uh, seven injuries to my spine coming out of that. And it was a long, painful rehab process beginning to end, took over 30 months. But, you know, really, it, it was amazing. As soon as the injury occurred, my, my doctors were wanting to give me pain pills, surgery ended up being a discussion point, and I didn't really want any of that. I started looking for natural alternatives and found cryotherapy started using cryotherapy on a, on a regular basis, started noticing the improvements. Anyways, fast forward a little bit longer in, in, in my recovery journey and doctors told me, Hey, we've done everything we can do for you. This is after about 145 doctor appointments. You need to have surgery, but you're beyond anything that we can do. And so I had belief in cryotherapy because I was noticing it make a difference paired with a lot of the, uh, I discovered this type, particular type of yoga called DDP yoga. And so I mixed it in with the cryotherapy and started just feeling slow improvement, 1% a week, very yeah. slow. But I knew that if I just stuck with this consistently over time, that I would get better just the same way that you don't lose a hundred pounds overnight. It is a very slow grind. And what's even harder than losing a hundred pounds is keeping it off for 10 years. Yeah. It's easy to yo-yo diet. And so just throughout that process, I decided, you know what, I'm going to start a blog. And I'm going to document this comeback that I have of using cryo and just using fitness as a way to repair my body slowly and get back into things. And throughout that journey, one day, the light, there's a few things that kind of converged at the same time, but the light bulb went off one day. It was, Hey, you need to open a cryo center. So that's really what led me to this point today. Dude, I just, first off, I think that your story is amazing. Separate over here. The fact that you would have that, that mentality. Right. Because even just that, if the listeners paying close attention, which I hope that they are, what you just described are business principles as well. Right. <clears throat> if you just get 1% better every day, if you just consistently pursue the things that you know that you're supposed to be doing anyway, <laughs> over a long period of time, just like you were just talking about with your health and being aware of certain things in, in, in your recovery. If I just do the things that I'm supposed to do over the course of time, I'll get better. I'll stick to it. And I think that mentality right there is a large reason of your success. And so I just wanted to point that out. Obviously it's not just your fitness success, but it's probably your business success as well. And now you have a cryo center. So, you know, Wichita, Kansas, like you said, Wichitians, as I, as we call them, <laughs> they like to eat. And just like the Midwest, man, we got good beef, we got good food and um, good barbecue here in Kansas city that trickles down, I'm sure to Wichita a little bit and, uh, and people are in need of the service. So I'm just so thankful. Well, let's fast forward a little bit here. The reality of mindset, because everything you've just been describing is all mindset followed by action. And I've just got done off my yearly read of thinking grow rich. So I'm like hype on exactly this topic here, which is mindset followed by action. And so I want to talk about action that you took early on. So you've already talked about the recovery or the partial recovery, how you got started. Once you were in the business before today, though, I want to know a good decision that you made that you can strategically look back and go, that right there was a good decision. And I want to repeat it. 
I also want the listeners to know what it is. Yeah. So I think the best decision that I've made really with the business is that I have services that nobody knows what they do. People, if I go into a room of 20 people, might find one person that knows what cryotherapy is. Then you start talking about our other services and very similar. So my approach, the decision that I made very early on was we're going to educate the city of Wichita on what cryotherapy is. We're going to educate the city of Wichita on what IV infusions and infrared saunas and localized cryotherapy, all these services yeah. that we do. And so I started just doing that on my own way before we even opened iCryo. I, I told you, mentioned that before, before I started the business a year or two before I, I started the blog and started jur- journaling along with that right. blog, I started an Instagram. And so it's really using social media to educate people. After I made that recovery, um, I jumped from doing marathons to doing ultra marathons. I'd never ran more than 26 miles in my life before, before the accident. Now, after the accident, I'm out there with spinal stenosis, running 50 miles on a regular basis or 32 mile overnight runs, just different things like that. So I've documented that through, through my social media, but I've had that tie in to how I'm using IACRIO services because we've got different customer segments. We've got the pain management side. I've already documented. I've got, a, I've got the best success story that I could possibly tell. And instead of hiring an outside social media influencer or something else to endorse this product, I am my own case study, if you will, and from a pain management side. If I have that from a pain management side, I can also do that from that athlete side. And as, as I've really built this business, it's been more of a grassroots approach. Let's go to networking events. Let's go to running clubs. Let's spend as much time in gyms as we can, because I can't educate the public on what cryotherapy is with a 30 second commercial on the radio or a 30 second TV commercial. What I can do is I can have a five minute conversation with somebody that at the beginning of there's no way they would try cryotherapy, but by the end of the conversation, they're either interested in it or they know they have a mother or a spouse or somebody that is in severe back pain or severe hip pain, or maybe needs something to boost their immunity or something that ties into what we offer. And I'm able to get them in the center. And then when they have that success story, then that continues to trickle down. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. There's obviously a lot of maybe strategic marketing plays you could uh, roll with, but your grassroots approach, I think is applicable to every business, even just to flip the coin here for half second for the listener, just give them two sides of the story here. Even gathering the Kings, like gathering the Kings for me as started as a mastermind group. And obviously has expanded to a podcast just because we enjoy not only meeting new people, but helping the people who aren't in our membership. And so there's a lot of reasons why getting on a podcast here with you today, whether it's benefit of today or down the road, that's what we're talking about organic marketing. We're just talking about building relationships, education, serving, adding value. That This is what you and I both are doing even right now, but you specifically on your side and me on mine. But then there's also the, obviously the, the other marketing plays. I love how you've distinguished though the value of that organic education. It's tough though. It's a long road. It's the slow grind. Like you said, like your recovery. Is that kind of like what you're drawn to because of just this persistence mindset that you have is just, hey, let me find the thing that's going to be sustainable forever. But even though it takes me a while, that's okay. Because that's, to me, organic marketing is that. It's going to lead to sustainable growth eventually, but you got to do it and you got to do it well and you got to do it well repeatedly over a long period of time. What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts, I'm very blessed because I do have that persistence, but I also have a service that I have passion about. And when you can mix persistence with passion, 
it almost seems effortless in a way. I love talking about cryotherapy. I love talking about helping an athlete maybe prepare for a race or helping an MMA fighter prepare for a fight or somebody who has been, has had chronic knee pain for three years or somebody who can't sleep, just being able to sit down and have that conversation with them or even helping very frequently. Somebody comes to me for pain management. They're in, I cry out, but they know that I lost a hundred pounds. And all of a sudden they're asking me questions about diet and exercise and how to get started on a fitness plan. You know, that's the thing. It's not to go too far off that direction. It's amazing yeah. how many people in today's society just don't know how to get started. They have good intentions and they want to eat right, but we've had a diet industry that has confused the heck out of them and people just yeah. don't know how to properly eat. And if I have get to have a couple of the side conversations about that intertwined, it doesn't feel like work and the persistence yeah. is very easy. Yeah. I love that. I think that's, that's a huge benefit to your mindset. I think that passes along to everybody listening. Who's willing to pick it up. It's easy to not lose the passion, but it's easy to get the passion distorted in the midst of building a business, making mistakes, all the difficult things that we have to do. And so it's incredibly refreshing to hear for the folks listening today. I know if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it, but Matt's been smiling this entire interview. <laughs> I'm sure you get comments about your smile all the time. You get this big smile and you can just tell the dude's passionate. He's happy about life. And so to his point, it makes it easy. It doesn't feel like work. But we're obviously here as business owners because we're building something and those things aren't necessarily easy. Let's flip the coin here a little bit. Let's talk about maybe a mistake that you've made that's maybe made it a little bit more difficult, maybe dwindled that passion a little bit for a few minutes, maybe. <laughs> what was yeah. that decision? Yeah. So interesting that the time of this question. So the one thing that I learned was to spend more time working on the business and less time working in the business. That's right. And so the first several months we were open, I was definitely too far in the weeds because again, this is my passion. This is my baby. Yep. This is, it's more, much more than just a business to me. You know, I was in the way sometimes of my employees and not letting them fail and learn. I was in the way. Now, one interesting factor to this is I hired my wife to actually be my manager. So that that's creates, an interesting dynamic. It, it does. It's a very interesting and ever learning dynamic. Several months into opening iCryo, it was a realization that I had, and it's still a process getting there in terms of stepping back. But what yeah. was what's interesting about the timing of this is just two weeks ago, I was at an iCryo conference where they had other franchise leaders who were a couple years ahead of us in the process, just sharing best practices and universally all of them said that answer that they were working in the business, not on the business. So it was validating to know that I'm not completely crazy. I'm making a, a very common mistake, but at least yeah. it was something that I identified and already started pivoting towards. Yeah, that's, in, that's incredible. The transition we, in Gathering the Kings, we call it the warrior to king transition, right? So the technician or the in the business warrior worried about the daily battle in the weeds, as you said, blood on the sword. You can only really be concerned about maybe one or two people, one on your left, one on your right. As a king, though, the mindset is the team, your family, the community, reaching out to those in Wichita, education. Like it, it has to be a bigger picture at that point because you're, you have a bigger vision. And so I love that way that you've said that. Even in the super niche down business of cryotherapy and you got together with all other only cryotherapists. That was an issue. And so I think that the listener right now is going, yeah, dude, how do I do this? So I got two questions for you. What happened that had already led you to kind of lead toward working more on the business? Was there a story there that led you to that moment? And then what have you practically done 
to take yourself out of the weeds since then? Yeah. One thing that my wife and I identified that we could use very early on was a business coach. And so we found a very unique business coach that coaches couples who operate businesses together. Love and it. she actually spent decades as a marriage counselor first. So it's a Naturally makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. So I think that we learned a lot from her and she mentioned it to us early on, but sometimes you can't see the forest through the trees. I think it was really accumulation of starting out the week and saying, all right, these are all the things I want to conquer. And then getting to into the business. And then on Friday, it's 1030 at night. And I'm looking back at what we accomplished during the week. And I didn't do this and that because I was in the business. So so it was just kind (laughs) of slowly learning how to give up the baby a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So practical steps since then of giving up the baby, what does that look like? So one thing that we did is we identified who our emerging talent was on the team first, and we gave them promotions with extra responsibilities. They still do the day-to-day within the center. We, our type of operation, everybody does everything. We don't have a front desk person. We don't have a janitor. So you greet people when they come in the door, you answer the phones, you clean the toilets, you're also putting people in the cryotherapy chamber, right? Yeah. But you know, what are some tasks that social media, for instance, we've got a young lady who does an amazing job with that. I don't touch social media anymore, except for sometimes pitching ideas. I just get out of the way. Now she's our social media manager. And so we've tried to f- identify um, within our team, what, what are their skill sets? What are that extra thing that they can bring to the table that we can right. just task to them? It's going to give them more a sense of ownership over the business and, and what they're doing because they're part of the team instead of just in the day-to-day things. It's developing right. their skills. It's giving them bench strength, but it's also freeing up the calendar to do other things that I know are important to the business. Yeah. With you giving away those things, those tasks, those day-to-day uh, in and out weed type tasks, it's freed up your calendar to then you said, do the things that are more important. What have you recognized from that Kings now perspective, that kingship, what's more important than welcoming a guest or answering the phone or cleaning the toilet? What could possibly be filling your calendar now? Give the listener some ideas of what you've been putting your hand to. It frees up the calendar. First and foremost, to just do more networking opportunities, whether it's within the fitness community or business leaders. So just having a little bit of that time. It also, I'm a very analytical person. I've been an Excel geek since (laughs) before Excel was even really around when it was Lotus 123 and Microsoft Works. I've always been that spreadsheet guy. I'm spending a little bit more time really deep diving, combing the numbers, just understanding different levers that I need to pull within the business. So I would say that those are probably the two biggest things. Uh, Those also are two things that I find very enjoyable too. So it's some of the other things that, that I pulled myself out of, I didn't really like doing anyway. Exactly. And some of those things, like you said, it was your passion to start it. And so that's why you were maybe doing it, but now you get to actually work on the, those higher levered tasks. I love how you use the word leverage. We use the word leverage a bunch, leveraging time, resources, and key relationships in essence is what you just described. And so I just, that perspective only opens up when you've allowed your brain and your calendar to, to actually see those things. And so you've given us great, not only insight, but then also practical steps. So thanks for sharing. What about a decision that comes to your desk nowadays? Do you have a process, certain steps that you take, a mindset that you try to stay in when you're making decisions nowadays? It depends on the complexity of the problem. If it's a smaller, small to medium problem, it's 
really more just going back to the employees, what makes the most sense? They're the closest to it. They're on the ground floor. They know where the bodies are buried. They know what's broken. <laughs> it's really, hey, help me solve this problem. Yeah. If, it's a, if it's a more higher level or financial type of decision, again, it goes back to that Excel thing. It's, let's take the set of data. Let's make some pivot tables. Let's look at this from every single type of angle that we could possibly use to make the best possible decision. And that's really something that I did, I would say, I think I tell younger people that no matter what job you have in your career, you should always build some sort of side skill that you're better at than the rest of your peers. And so that's what Excel was to me for, from a very, when I was a baby manager and I wasn't always the most inspirational raw, raw type of leader, wasn't always the putting up the highest sales numbers as a leader, but in terms of using data as a hack to, yeah. as a shortcut to accomplish goals. I was always light years ahead of my peers. And so I just continue to leverage that in the business world. Yeah, I think it's so good. I think a lot of people listening here today, a lot of entrepreneurs get started in the business because they were good at whatever it is that they are doing, whether it's marketing, whether it's building something, running a fitness business for you and for myself, we got started in a business for a different reason. And so we, we got started more so, yes, out of passion, but we had that almost inclination to be able to use some of those skill sets that we had determined useful before getting into business, which I think is a great perspective because that's not everybody's story. There's a lot of entrepreneurs that have just, they've got a skill set and they just jumped in with that skill set, which is fine. The skill set of running a business though <laughs> is really what we're talking about you developing at this current time and which is what the listener needs to develop as well. It's not just the skill set of marketing or building a deck or running a fitness business or getting people in the chamber. It's how to actually run the business. Before we transition to the speed round, anything to add there? I don't want to, I don't want to move on too fast from those important points. <clears throat> the only other thing that I'd add is when talking about decisions, that's why I asked, are you talking about before I launched the business or right. after the launch of the business? I would say several years ago, I became a 4.30 AM person. And I think uh, that really changed my effectiveness and how I structure my day-to-day, how I prioritize and how I see things through. I think that I was, when you spend your day doing something very difficult in the morning, I think it makes you more mentally sharp. I think that's when you come up with the best ideas. I don't come up with the best ideas when I'm already in the office. I'm already hearing noise. I already have emails coming to me. I already have phone calls coming to me. So if I start at the morning, 4.30, do an hour and a half, two hour long, hard workout. During that hard, difficult workout, I'm going to think about people I need to call today, things that I need to add to that to-do list. And then when I start my day, I feel like I have a head start. I'm an hour and a half ahead of people who don't do that. And not on top, yeah. on top of that, your everybody's day is filled with wins and losses, right? And so you just hope right. that, and the losses are inevitable, yep. but you just hope every day you survive the day with more wins than losses. So, you know, when you start out that day with that difficult workout and you accomplish yep. it, you already have a couple of wins for your day to start out with. So you're already on yep. that upswing. You have momentum starting out the day. Exactly. I, <clears throat> this is such a phenomenon to me. We're going to stay here for a second because <laughs> it was even just this week. And I haven't been a 4.30 a.m. person, so I can't necessarily say I'm on your level, but I've been a 5, 5.30 a.m. person for a while. And I'll tell you, the days that I don't do it for whatever reason, whether I just was, I just couldn't, I, I could, I chose not to, or just days I decided to be with the family or weekends, whatever the day was, I'll tell you this much right now, the days that I get up early and work out and do what you just said, I feel like the day, like by the time the normal day would have started, I've already gotten so much done, even though I haven't really done anything else 
quote unquote, for the business, my feeling of achievement and momentum, as you described, is like, dude, I've been up forever. Like I've got a half day in, like I've already gotten half the list done, even though I haven't really worked on the list yet. I've been mentally going over the list. I've been mentally going to that space, even physically. I just wanted to hang there for a second because we hear this in books, we read it in books and we hear it on podcasts and other shows and conferences and pe- you know, people that speak on stage, but it's real. It's a hundred percent real. And so I, I would encourage a listener right now. I know you don't have to, maybe it's not in the morning. Maybe it's maybe your time, maybe you're early as eight and you work until midnight. Like the time frame for me particularly doesn't really matter. You don't have to be four 30 for me to like <clears throat> check the box and make sure that you're successful. The point is that, are you doing the hard thing first? Are you choosing to get physical? All those things give you momentum. Would you like to add anything? Yeah, I would just add that throughout the day, we have different things that drive us different places emotionally. When you have those ups and downs and you have maybe a frustration or just throughout the day too, there's so many sensory inputs between email oh, and, yeah. and you know what we listen to on the radio on the way to the office and all those different things. Doing that hard thing early in the morning before any of that occurs really helps me think much clearer. The best yeah. ideas I come up with aren't sitting in the office at 1.30 in the afternoon. Right. They happen at 5, 15 a.m. when it's dark and it's cold and I'm running down by the river that I'm like, okay, this, what we're gonna, this is something that we're missing. I need to make this operational pivot or here's a great idea for our November marketing campaigns. The things that I probably right. am not going to think of when I'm in the office. Yeah. Giving yourself and your mind space. Okay. We're going to go to the speed round. First question in the speed round for you, Matt, is you said you're a numbers guy. You're a data guy. So it's going to be a perfect question for you. I want you to dwindle the entire business down to one trackable metric. If you could only pick one thing to track, what would it be? I'm going to answer this question with my head and with my heart. All right. (laughs) So with my head, the most logical is just going to be the profit margins, right? Right. Um, But I think that as we mentioned, the services that we have are are emerging right now. So I know that in order to get the profit margins that I'm chasing next year and the next year and the years beyond, and as I start working on my second, third, and fourth location, which I plan doing over the next five years, I know that education piece needs to happen within this community. And so the way that I really measure today how effective we are is through my biweekly radio appearances. There's a local radio station. I have a appearance on every two weeks. And when I'm preparing to go on that radio show, I think about the success stories that we've had at iCryo because I like to tell some of those stories on the radio. And if I can come up with three or four at the top of my head right away, I know that we've been doing something right. And if I have to think and ask my team, then you know what? We're not doing quite as well as we could. And luckily, almost every single time I have, I've got to weed out what are the best, what are the best stories to tell? And so as long as we're doing that, I know that each one of those stories, they're going to, yeah, this isn't, Hey, I found a good cheeseburger. You're going to find that you're going to tell two or three people. If you find something that changes your life, if you've been taking creams uh, uh, that you're putting all over your body because you have psoriasis and you've been doing this for 20 years and you find something that you now just threw that bottle of cream in the trash, you're going to tell everybody. And so that's really where we are at right now in the life cycle of services that we have. So that's why I have to measure that now. The profit margins, they'll come, they'll come next. That's phase two. I love that. What book would you recommend, Matt, for a six-figure business owner trying to grow their business? Leadership is an art by Max Dupree. It's all about servant leadership. I could say that when you think about the books that you read throughout your life and which ones cause a pivot, I would say that uh, it's been the top three influential book in my life. And it really helped me pivot my leadership style as a manager a long time ago and made me more, more effective and made me more focused on working for my people than my people working for me. 
Yeah, I love that synopsis. I want to press that button just a hair just because servant leadership is something that I'm familiar with. I've read multiple books on, but that might be a phrase that the listener is a little bit confused by. Give us just another layer there on on what that did for you as far as, like you said, positioning how you went about certain things or how maybe you saw people differently. Just give us just another layer there. I think that people are your biggest asset to how to run your business. They're the ones that are doing the day-to-day that obviously we're not going to be involved in every transaction that occurs. They also know what's broken. They know what's frustrated. I think to run a good organization um, at, at any level in any industry, I think you need three. There's this triangle that I operate off of, which is people, process, and technology. One of those is broke then everything else breaks. And so when you're looking to, you're not having the profits that you have, or you have, you want to improve your customer service or whatever the case may be, you look to those three things and it may be, you need to fix something in all three of those areas. But the fact is that these types of things that are impacting your business are also impacting your employees, right? So you can, you could pay your employees as much as you want and give them all the benefits. But if they, uh, if they're continuing to do their job and they're frustrated because of something like they need a new computer and just not replacing their computer when all you got to do is spend a thousand dollars and replace their computer. And now all of a sudden their productivity jumps 30%, you know, that is serving that employee. And so I think that uh, you got to look in that triangle at your people first, and they're going to tell you what's, what's broken with the technology, what's broken with the process. And it just, it's all intertwined together. Yeah. Love the answer. What do you think about intentionally networking with business owners or masterminding with other business owners? I think it's a phenomenal idea. I do a lot of networking, both just in the business community, as well as networking more focused within the health and wellness side. And within the greater business community, there's always something to learn from other different business leaders. It's also just good to have those people in your network because they might have some benefit from you immediately or later down the road and vice versa. And then within the health and wellness space, it's very important to me because there's, there's a lot of disruptors out there right now. Health and wellness is really evolving. It's really emerging because people are fed up with the medical industry. And as I network, I see a lot of disruptors, whether they're chiropractors, physical therapists, even massage therapists, they're doing things different than the way they've been done over the last 40, 50 years and understanding what each one of them do, because they might have a particular niche and Hey, I'm, I'm the pain management guy, but I can't help fix something that's broken. I can recommend the best type of chiropractor based on their needs, whether it's, whether it's that they're that athlete that's beating up their body and has some pain and needs some things to work on, or they're the obese 350 pound person. I've got people within my network and I know what those alternative, again, they're disruptors. So they might, one person might be into dry needling, another doctor into cuffing, another, I know a chiropractor that really doesn't spend a whole lot of time on chiropractic care. It's more about fitness. He's got a gym in the chiropractic office. Right. Um, and then I know another chiropractor that's got the most efficient system where you can get in and out with a, with an adjustment in probably less than seven minutes. That's great for somebody that, that's the person that's busy on the go that needs to get yeah. a couple adjustments a week. I'm going to send them to that guy. And yeah. conversely, they've, these guys realize, Hey, I'm the person that's fixing them, but they might I might have them, I might be a PT and I'm putting my client on this 12 week recovery program, that doesn't help him with the pain during that process. And right. instead of him taking that pain pill, Hey, go do the cryotherapy thing and yep. take down that inflammation that way naturally. Yeah, exactly. I think that what you just described is like the building of the team, the assembling of the Avengers, the gathering of the Kings. It's this idea of pulling people together 
so that you have a network, so that you have these key relationships. I mentioned it a few minutes ago when you're talking about leverage, leveraging key relationships, and you just don't know where relationships go. It could be a referral. It could be a strategic partnership. It could be someone that encourages you, someone that challenges you. I think that your open-mindedness to networking and then those things that you've layered in there are just beautiful. I hope that the listener pays attention. What I found more often than not, even myself, early on when I was growing my first couple of locations of franchises as well, the networking was important and it was all right, but I was very transactional about it. I wasn't concerned so much necessarily with the long-term relationship. And that's just, I think what you and I both are just hitting home is that maybe it's now, maybe it's later, maybe it's both. Either way, the relationship matters. The next question on the speed round, and then I got my last one here for you. I want to know if you only had one hour, you're talking about you working on the business as opposed to in, if you only had one hour each week to work on the business, that's all you had all week long. What would you do in that one hour to be able to successfully run your company? I have for over 20 years, I've closed out every one-on-one that I've had with an employee with one powerful question. What can I do for you? So I would spend the first 30 minutes, just what can I do for you? What do you need help with? Just understanding that. And then I'd be circling back up with the team and we would just uh, delegate at a high level what needs to be accomplished. And then the next week, Hey, how's that going? What can I do for you? And just keep it rolling. That's good. Love the simplicity of the answer. Last question for you, Matt. Are you ready? I'm ready. If you could whisper in the younger Matt's ear, what would you say? See things through when you get started see it all the way through. Don't give up early. I did way too much of that in my life. And that's, we're really running and losing that weight. It, did, it was more than just losing the weight and getting healthy and getting fit. It was that journey. And I can tell you that when you go through the process of running your first marathon, you can't just show up at the marathon. You have to stick with a plan all the way through. But then when you accomplish it, you're like, holy crap, I just ran a marathon. 1%. I did it. of Americans run a marathon. So I'm not telling you you have to run a marathon, but find those hard things and don't bail out early. And for me, it was the running. And so then that translated into my professional career. I can also tell you that uh, with that car wreck that I had and those injuries that I sustained, the fat Matt, before Matt lost all that weight, he wouldn't have ever recovered from that injury because that injury required a lot of hard work to get there. Obviously it was intertwined with fitness and standing in a cold box, three minutes a day, five days a week. I wouldn't have done those things if I wouldn't have gotten in shape first. And so I'd probably be sitting on the couch, 300 pounds, ordering DoorDash while watching Dahmer from beginning (laughs) to end in one night. I'm so far from that. And it's it's, it's trickled down. It's made me a better father. It's made me a better husband. It's eradicated excuses because excuses are just, they're just self-imposed lies that we tell to ourselves to feel better about not doing what we know that we need to do. And when you lose 92 pounds, when you run a marathon, then all of a sudden you realize, you know what? Every excuse I've ever told myself is complete garbage. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think of David Goggins. Obviously I'm sure you're probably familiar with who he is, but there's been some physical things that I've done specifically around elk hunting where I've had to tell myself, you're not going to die. Just take another step. You're not going to die. And so I'm hearing that come through the screen and through the mic now with you. It's just this persistence that's just stay at it. All of the things, and we mentioned this at the very beginning of the show, all of these things are so applicable to business. I had this realization about a year and a half ago, very similar to what you're saying is that I just kind of looked up, been 10 years. And I told my wife, like, oh, we've been like head down doing the thing, multiple locations of a business, lots of real estate starting some, a couple of other businesses, being good with finances, really is just 
good decision, good decision. There's some bad decisions in there too. Don't get me wrong, but just a repeated persistence of good decisions is what you're saying. And I can attest to that. I look back at the last 10 years, last 12 years, and I go, how am I here? Right? Where you're like, how are you where you are and not the 300 pounds on the couch scenario? So it's the 1% you talked about. It's just a little bit every single day, staying focused, staying persistent. I think if anything, you've given the message, not only of fitness, but also business, it's the same. You want to add anything to the, to the listener here before we sign off? You didn't ask me if I would, what I'd do if I lost it all. That's right. I changed the last question, but since you brought it up, I want to know, what would you do if you lost it all? I've got what my next plan is outside of iCryo. Got it. So I would just accelerate that plan. I've got this idea that I'm working on with, with some partners and it's something that's very underserved, again, tied to health and wellness, but uh, several, several years behind being mainstream. And uh, so I would just completely accelerate those and just keep moving forwards. And in the meantime too, I've never had any downtime in my career. I've, I started working in when I was 16, I've had continuous employment, you know, I'm, I'm, 47. And I would also take two months, go on a long, long hike with lots of running and just have a detachment for about two months. I'm just very romanticized with that idea. And I've been inspired by people who have done it, but I'm 47. I'd rather do that now than, you know, wait till I'm 60, 65 to try to do that. But I think that it would be a good mental reset too, to evaluate, okay, what, went wrong? What am I going to do better this next time? And in the process, launch that new business as well as I also have plans to, I'd like to write a book one day. And so I feel like that would, what better way than when you're just completely detached doing hard things, because when you're doing hard things, you're a little bit more honest with yourself. It blows. (laughs) Yes. That's right. Dude, you've been an absolute inspiration. I would read that book. So please write that book. I think that, I think a lot of people need to hear that message that this thing that we've been talking about, even your answer there at the end is just about persistence. It's about, Hey, great. And you said the whole thing with a smile. If I lost it all, (laughs) he's over here smiling the whole time. That to me tells me that you've got joy, that you, that you're excited about life and that it's not just going to happen today. And it's okay. It's the journey, like you said. So we hope that, that the listener obviously got plenty from today. They were paying attention, even the slightest. You had mentioned before we started the show that sometimes you listen while you're running and you're paying attention. You got to stop and take a little quick note. They had to do that several times in this show so that we thank you for that. We appreciate you being here. How can the listener find you if they're in Wichita? Where are you located? How can they find you online? All that fun stuff. Yeah, we're located in Wichita 2616 North Mays Road. That is in the New Market Square area. For those of you familiar with that, you can find us on social media. We have a Die Cryo Wichita West and same thing with Instagram. And you can find me on Instagram as injured.beast. And I also have a blog, injuredbeast.com. There's also a Facebook page as well. So three places to find me. And I write a lot about cryotherapy and recovery, but there's a lot of different things around weight loss, nutrition. So it's really started as the blog, as I recovered from the injury, but evolved to more of just a health, healthy living type of type. Yeah. Yeah. We'll put you, we'll put, we'll put you up there next to the liver King. Are you eating raw liver these days? (laughs) Do not eat raw liver. (laughs) Just kidding. We'll put all that in the show notes. And so they, they can easily find you, Matt, you have been incredible. The next time I'm in Wichita, which will be soon. You and me are grabbing food, no doubt about it. And maybe coming to check out your cryotherapy center. Just loved everything about your story. Thank you for being here. We appreciate you. Nothing but blessing to your family, your business, your team, all of it. Thank you, Chaz. I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. And I'm looking forward to meeting up with you in person. And maybe I can talk you into letting me freeze you as well. I'll do it. Let's do it. In fact, I'm going to bring a whole bunch of guys down and we're all going to freeze. All righty. Awesome, man. Looking forward to it. God bless. I appreciate the opportunity.
Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.